Happy holidays, everybody. This is Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. Before we get to this week's guest, I have some exciting news to share. First off, the show is now on Spotify. Just search Reliving My Youth, all one word. You'll find all the past episodes on there, as well as this week's episode. We also have a store now on tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Noel19. I know it's a mouthful. I'm working on getting a better way to search for it. There you can find t-shirts, hoodies, even onesies, travel mugs, regular mugs, stickers, everything else for your post-holiday presence. tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Noel19. This week's guest, Trevor Steele from The Escape Club. Escape Club, probably best known for their number one song, Wild Wild West. Ironically, it didn't chart in their native England, and it was number one in the U.S., marking, I think, the only time that's ever happened. Trevor talks about how he found out that Wild Wild West became number one, what he's doing these days, and then early 90s, they came out with another song, a little darker in tone, called I'll Be There. We get the little bit of a background story about that song. Trevor, super sweet guy. I actually did this interview a long time ago, so it's kind of reliving my youth lost episode. I hope you enjoy it. Here's my conversation with Trevor. And helping me relive my youth today is Trevor Steele. Trevor, thank you so much for doing this. You're very welcome. Yeah, so um, I like to usually start from the way beginning. Um, how did uh, you first get involved you know, in music? Dear, dear, um, it's a long story. I, it was, it was just through sort of misspent youth, really. I suppose. I think when you, you know, you're, you're at school or whatever, and, and this was a long time ago, of course, when there weren't things like um, music classes and stuff like that. And I, I just kind of, it was kind of a bit of a rebellion, I guess. Really, I just, I just uh, started listening to things like Bowie and stuff like that, and, and thinking, you know, I, you know what, I think I'll do that for my career. <laughs> Pretty dumb move, really, for right. a kid at school. But you know that was my choice. Yeah, was uh, was Bowie one of like your major influences growing up? Yeah, yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, I think lyrically, especially, um, and I think when, it was when Hunky Dory came out. Um, that was like the soundtrack to my sort of school days, really. Right, right. Who else were some of your influences? Um, later on, I, I think David Byrne, Talking Heads, really influenced me. Um, uh, although, let me think, I mean, like Hendrix from years ago, just, and then The Doors and stuff like stuff from the 60s did a little bit, you know. Um, you know what I think, I, I, I've sort of tried to analyse it a bit, and I think, for me, what influenced me more than anything was just really good, quirky songs, you know. I think I was more, <laughs> I, was, I was getting into the, the whole song thing at an early age without realising it, you know. Yeah, and speaking of like it's perfect segue. Uh, Wild Wild West, um, tremendous song. A little, bit, it's a little bit of quirky. You know, it's really you can't really define it as like a pop song, a rock song. Um, just talk a little bit about the kind of creation of that song.
started off with, um, we kind of knew, because we did have an album out before um, the Wild West album called Whitefields, which was a, a more rock-based, um, more rock-based sort of U2-y sort of sound. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a great album, by and, the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I loved that album, and we really enjoyed gigging it. It was more of a UK sort of thing. Um, and we were told, in no uncertain terms by our record label, we'd better write a single. <laughs> so, so, and I think this happens to a lot of a lot of artists, you know. We so we sat down and thought and thought, well, hey, look, let's let's try and do something different. And we and and there was a lot of the hip hop stuff was out at the time, and there was a kind of a move towards dance music a little bit in the UK. Um, and, and we kind of just melded the two together, just like a rock. Mixing it with a bit with a bit of a, a hip hop sort of beat, and of course by the time by the time we finished it, it was way way quicker than any any of the hip hop beats we were copying. But you know, but it, it kind of had that vibe to it a little bit. Yeah, and the uh, the video I believe was banned in England, correct? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that is pre technology, I guess, because it was it was all done with um with fairground mirrors right. stuff like that. You nice. Know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was. It was very difficult to do actually yeah because you had to keep your legs in the same place all the time and you know yeah it worked out well though it was sort of mtv sensation which really helped us you know yeah and, and that video was like in heavy rotation in, in in you know in the u.s i remember you know seeing it a lot and uh i really like when uh going back to my youth that song came out i was like 13 years old and i was in a summer camp uh, a sleepaway camp, and every summer they have this like folk singer that comes. That the you know the counselors, the campers, the whole camp. It looks forward to it, and he opened up singing Wild Wild West. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was yeah. it was great, and then you know didn't even alter any of the words. It was great because you know you know you're not going to sing you know give me give me safe sex to like a bunch of teenagers you know or like you know <laughs> say the word, but he left. It was great, and it was it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the song went to number one in the U.S. When did you uh, first find out that it hit the top of the charts? It was, I was in a pub in the U.K., um, having a drink with my mates, and uh, my uh, my manager, I'd arranged to call my manager. I can't, God, I, he can't have called me because it was in the pre-mobile phone days. And I, I remember phoning up um, this number we had to call, and he told me there. He he was he was in LA at the time, and he was and he said, "Oh yeah, you guys are number one." I was like, oh, "Really?" <laughs> and so I put the phone down and went and had some more beers with my buddies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then it was only a few weeks after that we really got the feel of it because we flew out into New York, and and then everything just went nuts from then on. Right, I, I bet you you brought your uh, your friends around that night, huh? <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah. It was it was a bit unreal because in the UK we we hadn't even released anything, you know. So it was it was a really weird sort of position to be in when across the Atlantic you got a number one record, but nothing going on in your home home country, you know. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. So what was like the reception like in the US when you got here? Were you like treated like pretty much like rock stars? Yeah, it was really strange because it's like you said about the song. It's not rock and it's not pop. It. it because it was a number one record, it, it was looked upon as a pop hit, which, which of course it was, you know. So we'd come from being in a in a, a sort of credible-ish rock band with yeah. only playing to like three or four hundred people a night, you know, um, to suddenly being, you know, pop stars. I guess <laughs> it was really strange for us, you know. Um, it took a while. It took a while to get you. 
introduced to it because uh, it was a complete change of direction for the guys. Um, but we, yeah, we really enjoyed it. It was a blast. When you guys arrived in the U.S., what was the biggest thing you did or the biggest thing you purchased? I, I think well, it's a story we've told before. I, I don't think it really hit us particularly. We, we came over to do, uh, we did a lot of um, radio and TV interviews and all that sort of stuff. But, but the, time, the, the way it hit us, we, we, we had a, an hour off before we started and they said, what do you want to do? And we said, well, we'll just go up to the top of the Empire State because we'd never been there before. So they took us up there and we kind of got mobbed at the top by all <laughs> these school kids, you know. And it's like, wow, <laughs> this is really strange. So yeah, that, that, was, that was one of my biggest memories, really. The right. abiding memory of being successful overnight, really. <laughs> yeah. And then you, uh, did you do like all like the shows in the US, The Tonight Show and, and all those uh, shows, like MTV? And yeah. yeah, we did all that, loads of MTV. I mean, it's all a blur to me now, not to be honest. It's like we did everything that you do when you're number one. You go to, you, you talk to all the radio stations and, and there's a hell of a lot of them in the US, as you know. Yes. <laughs> so I, I spent days and days sitting on the phone doing this, really. Um, talking, talking to people all over the country, um, and then, then of course you get a tour, and then you, you, you know, it just doesn't stop for a good few years. And it was, a, it was an amazing ride. It was really good fun. Yeah. Now then, um, you had another single from your uh, album "Shake of the Sheep," which was, which was pretty good. I don't, I remember that it kind of, kind of got lost here though. It's, it's one of those things that it came out while Wild Wild West was still getting played. I mean, I don't think anyone realised how big that song was, you know, because it was still on heavy rotation everywhere all over the country. So I think we released Shake for the Shake too too early. Um, so so it didn't get playlisted everywhere because they were still playing Wild West. But but it did okay. I think it, I think it went top 20, so we were quite happy with that, you know. Right, yeah, definitely. You guys... Uh toured right in the u.s for a little bit as well yeah yeah we toured we toured quite a lot we did all the we did things like state fairs we played in loads of clubs and yeah yeah we toured all over for, for a good few years really right did you uh headline or did you like open up for anybody yeah mainly headlines we did we opened up for 
Oh God, I can't even remember. <laughs> I know we did a good few dates with Mike and the mechanics. Oh, okay. They happened to be on the same management company as us, so it was an easy fit. It was, musically wasn't such a great fit, but you know it was right. okay. We, yeah, we did. Uh, we did some shows with um, Information Society. Um, oh God, I can't, I'm trying to remember now. But there was, it, it was mainly us like flitting around, doing a couple of supports here and there. Mainly headlines in small clubs. Um, we'd done a whole bunch of tour, um, tour dates with the Alarm back in Europe, which okay. we flew back to do as well. So, yeah, um, big country as well in Europe as well. We didn't do that in in the US, um, but generally just sort of just yeah, gigging a lot really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, that would have been great to see you with the alarm and big country here. Oh, that was great. That was a kind of different vibe because it was that was more of our European side of the band, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. It was more likely that we were going to be playing with um with a MTV pop act over in the states, really, which we didn't. We tended to do quite a bit as well, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So then, you know, it took you a couple of years to release your next album that had a massive hit in a totally different direction. I'll be there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was that song based on like uh, a personal like uh, experience or anyone in the band's experience?
Yeah, it was. It was a friend of ours. His, his um, wife passed away, and it was oh, it was yeah. at the time we were writing. Um, we need we, we we needed a ballad for the for the album, right? Because the way the way everything was going, radio wasn't playing any rock songs on. You know, we we kind of knew we were kind of aware that we needed a softer sound to get on radio. So we we started writing a couple of ballads, and that one just came out of nowhere. I remember writing it. With John and I sat and um, played the chords. So Johnny, I think Johnny was there as well. So the three of us sort of worked out the melody and the chords, and then I just sat by myself, and these lyrics just came to me. And there you go, and then the song, and the song became the song. And it, we thought it was a bit, a bit dark maybe, but right. but it was it touched so many people. You know, obviously history's proved that it touched a lot of people. We were a bit worried about putting it out and recording it. There were a few suggestions of lyric changes, but we stuck to our guns and, and kept with it. And I'm pleased we did because a lot of people love it, you know, and I, I get more comments on that online these days than anything else we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you kept it because it's a beautifully haunting song and it's it sticks with you when you hear it. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I've got so many people going, oh, I was driving home when, you know, when my dad died or whatever, and I heard it on the radio. And you think, well, you know what? I'm really pleased we wrote that because <laughs> yeah. it's, touched, it's touched so many people. It's really good. Yeah. Now, uh, when writing a song, how, how what's your process like? Um, how long does it take? Is there like a, usually a time, a time frame for it or it just comes up when it has to come? Well, I think it's like any writing anything really if you're waiting for the muse to hit you it'll never do it in my in my opinion anyway i think if you sit there and say i'm going to write a song then you'll write a song you just have to sit there until the song's written um so for me i mean i've gone on to become i mean john and i both became professional songwriters after the band split so i can speak as a songwriter now and just say well it you just got to sit there and be professional about it so really with me i usually write the lyrics as it's going, but they they usually come after the the main melody. So we probably work on the melody first, and then then come in with the lyrics and the hooks and you know um, it's hard to explain. Now I've been doing it for so long, right. it just comes naturally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that album, Dollars and Sex, had like a, a lot of really good songs. Besides, uh, I'll be there. I call it Poison. Uh, shoot the walls down. Um, I don't really remember any of those songs getting any play in the U.S.
No, not particularly. Um, Cody Poison did for a while. Um, it was it was a strange, strange time in 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 um, in music because Nirvana were just about to happen. Right. Um, and there, there were loads and loads of I remember it like big hair bands doing ballads. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when we had that record out, it was I can't remember any of the songs now, but I remember going out because we had Cody Poison was our first was our lead off single, and we were doing a radio tour, and I remember quite vividly sort of hearing our song going out and then hearing everything else that was around it and thinking god it's way too heavy you know it's just like it's not what they're playing at the moment we got great reactions from the fans and everything but radio is more into a really soft vibe you know um and i remember i mean we were talking before you started interviewing me that you're in connecticut i was in connecticut at the time and i remember at towards the middle of that album being out, the kid downstairs had just bought Nevermind and he kept playing it. And I remember hearing it coming up through the floorboards and going, oh, right, <laughs> everything's changed. <laughs> and I welcomed it, but it wasn't the noise we were making, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, yeah, and it was, and it was, it was welcome because it was needed because there were just all these really awful sort of soft almost going like soft rock everywhere you know so i i, I was pleased for nirvana to come out you know yeah, yeah interesting absolutely between them pearl jam i mean nine inch nails it was like yeah. all of those coming and it yeah. was yeah it was a weird time like like you, you you mentioned from like the new wave modern rock from like you know the 80s and into that stuff it was it was definitely yeah. different yeah <laughs> so then after that uh album the band kind of took a break so what is, what? Well, yeah, well, we took a break because, like with many bands and many artists will probably tell you this, it's like it wasn't necessarily our decision. Right. It was more of a it was more of a corporate stroke financial decision made for us, really. And, and I think we could have stuck it, but um, we'd been together a long time. Um, <laughs> and, to, and to use an old cliche, we had a few musical differences, I suppose. And, and it's like because of the because of the environment, you know, the musical environment at the time, like we were talking about, you know, you've got all this new wave coming out. I don't think we were ready to to confront that. I think with hindsight, I regret it. I think if we'd have just stuck with it and waited for a couple of years and, and just wrote it out, we'd have been fine because we could write songs and we, we had something a bit quirky there. And, and I think, God, if we'd have had the social media, it wouldn't have been a problem, you know, because we could have just talked to our fans directly. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we just decided it was probably best just to just to to stop and it and it all kind of slightly disintegrated, to be really honest, from that point. Yeah, yeah it's a sad times. Yeah, like you said, social media. If you had that back then, you could have like started like a you know a GoFundMe or a crowd you know some like crowdfunding for another oh, album, yeah. and your fans we, totally would have yeah. We would have done it because I know we had you know whenever we did gigs and that we had loads of people who loved the band, and we could have really made something of it, you know. But that's why you know social media is a good thing in some ways. <laughs> yeah. For 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 the new for new acts, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now you stayed in the business after the band, correct? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm still in it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you like write songs for the artist uh, or produce anything for them? I have done. I did that for quite a time. I'm, I'm more into more of a, for a managerial stroke. Yeah, I'm, I'm still produce and still I do write occasionally, um, but I'm taking more of a, a, a bigger view sort of thing where I'm sitting at the moment. But it's really difficult. The whole industry's, as you know, it's it's really difficult for artists to make money now, 
um, and all the great things that technology has brought, um, it's also made it really difficult to make a decent living out of it. So, you know, I'm lucky I'm still in it. <laughs> it's, it's not as easy, not as easy as it has been. I've got to be honest, you know, but it, I'm still clinging on. Yeah. Right. Like I, I kind of refer, understand what you're referring to, like in Spotify, where I, it's I, it's good and bad. I'm sure for the artists, it's it's not. I mean, it's good that you guys music will get discovered and you know people can easily find it but you don't get a cut of it or not nearly no, a, a cut yeah no, you, well they all say you do but you don't i mean trust me you don't you don't get right. anything um and it's and all the money what money there is does get filtered through to the majors who all have a, a stake in spotify and they're all seem to be quite happy but none of the artists are um yeah it's difficult it's really difficult and as a songwriter i've seen my royalties just plummet over the last four years I'd say and mainly because of the whole Spotify and streaming sort of situation um, so maybe something will be sorted out um, you know I know there's people like Taylor Swift are you know active on it and you know that people I'm not I'm not, I'm not I don't have enough of the catalogue to make make enough noise about it but I think if we all get together hopefully something will be resolved at some point you know we'll see yeah hopefully I mean you guys need to get you know uh, compensated for your work <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's nice for us that our, our music's out there, and I don't, I don't begrudge people listening to it. That's that's not a problem. It's just, you know, what I do begrudge. But it's you know, you know, it's make, people making money out of our music and not giving us anything. But to be really honest, it's always been like that. It's just a different. It's just a different person taking the money. It's just <laughs> like, it's never been good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Yeah, that yeah. that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> You guys got back together, uh, what, about 10 years after Dollars and Sex and released Celebrity? Yes, we did. And that was more of a, we just wanted to do it. Honestly, it wasn't uh, anything other than we just, we just wanted to make, 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 a good, make a few songs together and, and just put it out there. Um, it, was, it was really me and John. Johnny, the bass player, wanted to do it. We really wanted him to do it, but he had he had a few family things going on, and we, it just wasn't going to work. So um, we we did it with Red, a drummer, a friend of ours in in LA, and me and John. We were both in Australia at the time. John's still there. I'm back in London, so we're all over the planet. Um, but yeah, we we spent a year writing it and recording it, and 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 I love it. I really enjoyed making that record. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great album. I you know recommend everyone listening to check it out. It's uh, there's some really good songs on there. Yes, thank you. And yes, please do. <laughs> please come and go out and get it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you, have you guys uh, started like playing shows again? Any like those festivals at all? No. Well, we haven't really. It's a weird one. But I, I think for us, our biggest audience is in the states. Um, and we've been offered a couple of, we've done a couple of those 80s gigs, you know, we, we've done a couple of those. Um, and we, we, we're sensible enough to know that we couldn't just turn up and play a club anymore because it's been a long while. Um, I think if some, if some, if a promoter offered something, I'd, we'd be more than happy to do it. It's just that we're not on everyone's radar in that respect. Um, we're getting together again to do a... I do a birthday gig for Johnny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in, we're all flying, flying to London to to do a birthday gig with him. Um, but so I think something will come up at some point. It's just for us logistically, it's difficult because we we live all over the planet at the moment. So um, it's it's not an easy to just you know go and play the local club if you know what I mean. But but yeah, you know we're we're open to it, and I'm sure 
over the next couple of years there will be another escape club gig somewhere. Yeah, that'd be great. Hopefully it's in uh, the U.S., hopefully the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it will be. I, I mean, we'll just, um, we'll, I mean, if, you, if you're interested, just sign up to our Spotify. That's not a Spotify, sorry, Facebook, because um, that's where we, if we announce anything, we'll do it on Facebook or Twitter. So, yeah, if anything's coming up, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, and are you, um, what do you, what's your Twitter handle? For the audience, um, it's just the Escape Club. Yeah, it's it's yeah. No, I think it's the Escape Club actually. Okay, great. Uh, so, like now, what kind of like music do you listen to? Is there anything oh, like you know current? Oh, oh. <laughs> That's a difficult one because I'm so immersed in the music business. I, to be really honest, I don't. I don't latch on to one thing and listen listen to it as much as I used to. Um, I really I really love Imagine Dragons and I listen to them a lot as a, as a band sort of thing. But to be honest though, I'm more listening to songs now and I just it, songs. I, I listen to so many songs that haven't even been released yet. You know, right. so I, I don't I can't really say that I, I'm actually influenced by anything at the moment. You know, yeah, it's the truth of it. Yeah. Now, so uh, what some of the artists that you've produced? Um, in the in the past, I've done um, the most recent ones. I had a, a young pop punk band called Shortstack that I discovered oh, yeah. down okay. in Australia, and, and we did that. Um, I'm doing another one here, which I can't say who they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to do that. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that in that realm at the moment, um, sort of young rock sort of guys. Really, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I can't really give anything away at the moment because I've got a couple on the world that I'm not, I'm not allowed to talk about. But, but it's, yeah, next next year or so it'll all come out. Yeah. Okay, great. I don't want to get you in trouble, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Trevor, thanks for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll see you when you come to the U.S. Okay, yes, you're more than welcome. And a special thanks to Trevor for joining us today. Follow me on Twitter at thefirstnoel 19 Be sure to like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. The show now is on Spotify. Just search for Living My Youth, all one word. If you want to buy a t-shirt, a mug, a sticker, even a onesie, go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash noel19. A new episode of Living My Youth comes out every Wednesday. We'll talk to you guys next year.